Welcome to the daily devotional podcast of Meadowbrook Church, leading people into the Christ-centered life. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the Old Testament, wine is associated with joy and with God's blessing, and is regularly spoken of prophetically as a symbol of the Messiah's kingdom to come. And not to cause too much controversy, but based on the Master of Ceremonies' reaction to the wine, it would be very difficult to read this story any other way than to say that Jesus made some really good alcoholic wine, which he shared with others. Conclude from that whatever you want, and for goodness sake, hold to your convictions. Something interesting about this story is that Jesus appears to not want to be involved in the situation. And yet he chooses to honor his mother, who has basically asked him to perform a miracle in front of everybody. Here is the Lord of the universe who needs submit to no one, yet nonetheless obeying the commandment to honor his mother and respecting her wishes. Another interesting thing about this story is the method in which Jesus chooses to act. He's at a wedding, and when the wine runs out, no doubt there would have been lots of empty jars and bottles lying around, you would think. But instead of saying, pick up all the empty bottles, we'll use them for the new wine, Jesus instead actually seems to go out of his way to be a little bit offensive to the religious authorities. There were probably lots of ways he could have made wine. He could have grabbed the empties, he could have gone into the house and brought out all the pots or whatever. But instead, he chose to make wine in the Jewish ceremonial washing jars. These were things that weren't commanded by God to be used, but they had arisen as a religious tradition that many held to be sacred. God's word is to be obeyed and revered, but Jesus seems to be saying religious traditions that aren't found in God's word don't need to be held as sacred. To prove that, I'm going to use your sacred jugs to make some wine for a party. One last thing. For his first miracle, Jesus doesn't heal a body or save a life or save a soul. This is not a life or death matter. All he does is save a family from some embarrassment about running out of wine halfway through a major celebration in front of all their guests. 
If you actually do the math on how much wine he made in those jars, with modern prices, he produced, conservatively guessing, around $26,000 worth of wine. That's a pretty nice wedding gift, and it's one that saved the event for the family. And it shows us that Jesus actually does care about the little things in our lives, not just our souls, and that he has an unusual and a devoted compassion for whatever we are going through on any given day. To ponder today, what does this story tell you about your life right now? What does it teach you about how Jesus works in your life? And what should you pray into along those lines today? Thank you.